Greetings, nerds. This is Dina Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine, except for I just realized that I never brought up to all the boys I loved before. I know! Really? What's going on? You're losing your touch. That's well, like... there's been a lot going on over the last two weeks. So I know, I know. Fair enough, fair enough. But... Calm down. Calm down. I have seen <laughs> it now twice. <laughs> <laughs> Only two times? Huh. Only two times. Only two times. But it is actually, I was surprised by the sequel because it is on par, I think, with the first one. And that's a rarity, especially in this genre where... Or in any genre, arguably, where the sequel follows the same themes, a lot of the same beats, but also has its own twist. And and I think that it's just a really, it's turning into a well-written story about young love and what that means and relationships at that age mm-hmm. and how people perceive them and how you tend to overthink them mm-hmm. to the point of self-destruction. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's what I really like about it. I think it's very honest, uh, and they keep getting really good actors to come on board and all continue to have good chemistry with one another. Cool. Cool. And that, yeah, I, I know that that's been one of those very, very popular Netflix properties. And, uh, yeah, I was, I, yeah, I, I, I freely admit I, I've been surprised that you haven't said more about it because I, I know how big a fan you are of the first one. Yeah, I think the first one the first one dropped in a summer and during a lull where there wasn't much else going on. So it was like, oh, now I have something. This one dropping in February, right when Arrowverse is starting to get in like high gear again. And and you're inundated with new shows, one we'll talk about shortly. But I just I think timing wise, it's hard to remember that when everything else is going on. And I will be watching, uh, I think Netflix's new movie is coming out tomorrow, or tonight, I should say, uh, All the Bright Places. Yeah, what's that about? I, it, I, it looks, it, it was a really good trailer. Huh. And it got me intrigued. It's another movie based on a young adult novel. Okay. And, and two kids, both with their own set of issues. Mm, like okay. very different issues so it's not one of those hey you and i both have cancer no yeah yeah or, or we're uh, going to talk about it, suicide or anything yeah right right yeah. so i i would just i just remembered being interested in the uh in the trailer okay we, they just dropped another one i forget what it's called um it's with the girl from it the the young girl, I I don't I don't know what it's called. I'm sure a lot of people listening to us right now is like it's called this, Sarah. You can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a link, Will, because it's something where at the more you watch of the trailer, the more <laughs> intrigued you're. Like, wait, what's huh. happening? What? Yeah, yeah. Send it send it my way, and I'll yeah, and I'll also make sure I post it on our uh, on our Twitter and Facebook feeds as well. Uh, and, you know, speaking of Netflix, one of the things I, I saw what they're doing because y- you make a very good point as far as how they're dropping these st- these programs and stuff. I saw where they're actually going to be doing, uh, I guess, top ten most watched uh, suggestions. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, so you'll be able to keep track of all the content that they're bringing and what's this pretty popular content on the platform. Uh, because you're you're right. I mean, there's just there's just so many things that they that they release, and it's it, it does get kind of lost in all the shuffle with so many other things on other platforms. Yep, including Elite season three in two weeks. I think I like uh, that's a quick turnaround for a season. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it's like it's like DC Universe with Harley Quinn too, where they're <laughs> doing a quick turnaround season for season two. Yeah. So speaking of trailers, Candyman. So we were talking during pre-show. I've only watched up until the point where the kids started saying the name in front of the mirror for <laughs> self-preservation reasons. Will, why don't you give us your thoughts on the trailer? I love the trailer. It. Uh, I as I was telling you during pre-show, I, I did watch the original with Tony Todd. I, I didn't see Candyman two or or. You know, but as far as that original franchise, but I, I did uh, watch the first one, and so of course this was reboot present day. Jordan Peele's behind it, who's basically becoming like the African American Wes Craven as far as horror films. When you think about Get Out and Us, and so yeah, so he's taken on this particular story, and actually has a uh, Yaha uh, Abdul Mateen from uh, Watchmen and Aquaman. Uh, in this, it looks like he's all that. Yeah, that guy is popping. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, definitely hot property right now as far as um, you know, as far as getting cast and stuff. So, yeah, so it's pretty much an update of the, the original story. It takes place in Chicago. It takes place in the same. Well, now, well, the original Cabri Green uh, projects that were subject to the original, you know, they've, they've been torn down now, but it's still based in that neighborhood. So. Uh, just the visuals. I mean, I, you know, I got that the, the original vibes. I mean, gore, scary, make you jump out of your seat. So, I, I really, it, I, I, I'm going to check. I think I'm going to check this out. I think it's uh, looks looks like it's going to be very scary, very, um, you know, seeing Tony Todd back as as Candyman, um, and and also just with the um, you know, uh, you know Jordan Peele again. He's just been very solid with what he's been doing lately. So you know, it has all the good things in place for it to be a very entertaining film. Yeah, and the name of the of the show that I was thinking about is "I'm Not Okay with This." Ah, uh, there. You, <laughs> yes, I've heard of that one. Yes, I did. I have heard of that one. Yep. Um, yeah, I between and even the pieces that I did see of Candyman, I felt I got such an it vibe and I really like where I think it did it right. And mm-hmm. I'm talking as if I watched those movies. I did not watch those movies. I just know a lot about them because I'm I'm weird like that. And the fact of the matter is, is they took the story and elevated the material, even though it's been done before. And from what I see, that's what they're doing in this instance. And Jordan Peele is, you're, you're spot on with that comparison to Wes Craven with everything he's currently been doing. And he's really good at bringing to light themes beyond just the horror aspect of it. Yeah. That's, this, that's the, what, what, what do we call that? That is the 
explosion, you know, for, for a lot of the movies we cover on this show, we talk about comic book movies and the spectacle of it all. And that in right. horror, that's what it is. The villain, the creature, that, mm-hmm. that jump scare that you get. But with Jordan Peele knows that there's something, there's a psychology to it that if you don't explore and if you don't make it smart, then the viewers are going to check out or the yeah. viewers are just going to turn it off. Right, right. And I think that's some of the themes I noticed that in the trailer. It's like, okay, you know, those grounded in realism themes as far as gentrification in Chicago mm-hmm. and those old housing project areas. So, you know, so that's that, that's those those themes that you talk about. And then, of course, you you know factor in the supernatural to it. And it, it, it definitely just makes it much more deeper film. I mean, that's why I just love Get Out because it was just, you know, taking, taking on all those themes and uh, put it in a horror movie context. Right. Speaking, you know, it's similar to the show Hunters. So I did mm-hmm. check out the first episode of the season. Good. Um, and I don't know, we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, yeah. I, I stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's well acted. I yeah. will give that. I don't yeah. have a problem with that. I could even argue it's well written. There is just something it the the way that they did it. I've I've already seen the boys. I'm looking forward to the boys season two. This felt that same those same elements. It felt very much like if you told me that this story existed in the boys universe, I'd be like, Yeah, I buy that. Yeah. yeah. Completely buy that. That being said, I'm just there was something so cheesy about it all at the yes. same time. Yes. No, yeah. It, it wasn't. It didn't get me. And it, what they're talking about is is actually. It, I mean, you're talking about the Holocaust the whole mm-hmm. time, and yeah. you're talking about um, this this significant tragedy and how it's worked its way into American culture and these these people's lives and and everything. But it just it doesn't have that dram- it never hit the dramatic beats that I needed to really get me on board with the story. I, you know, uh, I so the first time I, I started watching it last night, I know I, I mentioned it to you earlier in the week, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about checking this out. And, and I finally got around to starting it yesterday evening, actually fell asleep on it. <laughs> about part part of the way through. Uh, Finished it today, this evening, and a couple of things I thought, you're right, it, 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 it's, it's kind of, it's, it's warring with itself. Mm-hmm. It's trying to decide, is it trying to be a serious drama? Is it trying to be a part comic book film? I mean, I remember, you know, reference when uh, uh, Logan Lerm's character, um, Jonah, was in uh, Al Pacino's house like oh you know uh, drop a bruce wayne reference and stuff because you know because it's setting up the whole thing where al pacino's character is going to you know basically become this big nazi hunter right and so yeah and yeah it just seems like it was just like yeah fighting within itself as i said before as far as what it's trying to be and you know and then some of the scenes in there you know with the the infamous chessboard and if anyone's watched it, it you know what we're talking about i don't know if you made it to that point that part sarah um i watched the first whole episode and i watched well yeah yeah well I, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that, that's how kind of I, I reached that point too, where I, it was on, but I was kind of like starting to do other things because I just didn't it didn't feel a connection to the story or the mm-hmm. characters. It was hard. I mean, Al Pacino, God bless him, phenomenal actress actor, uh, but you know, she didn't see quintessence, you know, Italian through and through. Al Pacino playing playing a Jewish character is and trying to speak do a Yiddish accent was yep. a little, a little off, little out of, out of culture for me. Um, and, and, and also just the story, I just, there were certain points of it that were just very, there was just the very beginning was just kind of set the tone of the absurdity of the violence. Thank you. It, it really did. It felt like a Quentin Tarantino TV show. And no disrespect to the man. I understand. My parents actually just watched um, his latest film, and they loved it. My brother watched it. He's like, I don't get why they like this. (laughs) (laughs) And it it just, there's something about that time period where I think older audiences and viewers who are nostalgic Mm -hmm. for that time period of of the 70s, they they would like it. They would not bat an eyelash to the excessive violence. Me, on the other hand, again, I have the boys, okay? Which isn't yeah. set in the 70s, but it's very violent. It is. It is. It, it <laughs> was. Reason, it didn't bother me as much, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think there's something there. It was just kind of like torture. It was like I was like watching torture porn or something like that. And I and, I, and it was sort of just, I, I, when I was watching it, it was it reminded me of the same reasons why I never was able to get into Man in a High Castle. And um, it just yeah, I was just like okay, it just it just kind of you're right. It's dealing with the very sensitive subject of a Holocaust, and it just kind of paints it almost in a cartoonish way, and it just. You know, especially there were just scenes in there where, uh, whenever um, Pacino's character and and Jonah's grandmother uh, were back in, I assume Germany. Yeah. And and I was bored. And and um, and when the Nazis were you know pulling them out of their homes and stuff and 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 everything and. I mean that that scene did have some depth and to it, and you know did convey the you know, convey the the what 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 did happen historically, but but then when you surround it with everything else that's going on in this show, and 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 Jonah the teenager who is running some schemes and stuff with other teens in the neighborhood and stuff, it was just I just I don't know I just. I, I I may go, I'm, yeah, I may get, watch the episode too, but I, I have a lot of other things I'm trying to catch up on, so I don't know. It's it did it, it did it didn't do the job of of giving me a reason to go to episode two. Yeah, um, Will owes me seasons of catch up on Billions, seasons of yep. catch up on Succession. He's yes, got I got to start Battlestar yeah. Galactica. Promise, yeah. he's got a, things to yeah. sit down and watch, like good things. I, <laughs> I have good things to watch. Exactly. I, I definitely want, yeah, you know, it was, it really became a coin toss to watch hunters or start succession season two. And I was like, well, it's a new show. I did say I was interested. So I checked it out. You. Okay. 
Okay. All right. I'm just going to like hold a moment of silence for that, acknowledging that you passed up starting season two of Succession <laughs> and instead of watched Hunters. Shame on you. Shame yeah. on you. Shame, season two. Oh. Shame, shame on me. You're right. You're right. And I can't I, uh, I can't wait till you get towards some of those episodes in season <laughs> two. I'm I'm so looking forward to your reaction to some of the stuff that yeah, I, I can't I can't, anyway, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to you about it. On. Stop delaying yeah. this, okay? I'm not uh Picard. They went to Free Cloud. Yep. We met some people. Who did we meet? We met somebody very important, right? Yes, yes. Why isn't met... anywhere on my notes? <laughs> we met a very important, very, very important character. <laughs> They what didn't drag it out. Well, his name? well, there. Well, the very person that this that we his name was dropped the very first episode. Bruce Maddox. Okay, Bruce Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just I'm shocked that I have about a paragraph of notes here about the start the latest episode of Picard. No mention of Bruce Maddox whatsoever. Well, you're to be you're to be forgiven because. Honestly, when I when I saw the character, that I mean, they obviously they had recast the actor from uh, from the original actor who played him in the television show. So I had to do a double take. I was like, wait a minute, I was I was not expecting this. But uh, yeah, we 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 see Bruce Maddox on Free Cloud. They didn't, and I was actually happy about that. Honestly, that they didn't drag it on um, any longer in the series. That we we finally we finally get to him. Um, in episode five. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we got to him. We realized we didn't need him, and so we quickly killed him. This really turned into an episode about seven, mm-hmm. and someone who is brand new, really, to the franchise and knows nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna be brutally honest, Will. Yeah. Um, this show continues to meander. Hmm. Uh, it really does, and I and I get it to the extent where we always love our character episodes, where you yeah. delve into one character and really expose their motivations while moving forward other characters. Mm-hmm. But and and I and I'm starting to get a sense that they they chose Seven specifically due to her 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 being a Borg and all of that and how this all this politicalness happening around the Borgs. But at the same time, it just, it caught me off guard. I, I'm still really, and I saw the previews for the next episode, which seems like it's going to be that episode that I've been waiting for, for at least two to three weeks now. Mm-hmm. But we, we really need to get on high gear. I thought it was interesting that this episode, we did not spend any time on the artifact. Yes. Yes. And actually, so I see. I actually thought this was a very tight episode and a very so, moved the story along in a very good way this week because we did finally get Maddox and and also really understood why you know why Seven was basically brought brought into the series to help. Uh, move things, move things along. Yeah, I think it's hmm. because I'm saying I'm thinking I'm and I'm trying not to. 
it, it moves things along a little bit because we find out that the Fred Federation is also there. There's so many political angles mm-hmm. and here as a new viewer, somebody who doesn't have the full franchise history stored mm-hmm. in his brain, like you do, I there, it's almost too many angles for me where I'm oh. like, okay, so everyone slow down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lot of names out there, yeah. a lot of politicalness happening, and I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, 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 the reason why it works, and you know, and and especially with Seven and the and the Rangers, uh, and and with the neutral zone collapsing and the Borg being a part of this story, and actually, you know, the the her quote-unquote son that that we see at the very beginning, which is probably one of the most, other than the Seti Ills crawling into Chekhov's ears in Star Trek II, this scene of the Borg, uh, uh, former Borg, getting his parts taken out of him as far as his eye being removed, it's probably one of the most gory things in Star Trek. Um, but those were important because this what particular character was uh, also on Star Trek Voyager with seven and, and that's, you know, established and it really set the reason for forward for her and Picard having that conversation about her being on a vigilante, being a vigilante and him being on an unapproved mission. And really, you know, as far as him lecturing her about taking them all into her, into her own hands, you you, you needed to have that moment of a very key character from at least the Star Trek Voyager uh, run uh, and being very close to seven, being taken out, and her well, him base her having mercy and killing him because of what the torture that he had been subjected to. Um, well, no, 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 I I agree with you, and thank you for bringing up this whole theme about the vigilante nature of being a hunter that mm-hmm. seven is now. I mm-hmm. really like that part, yeah. and I do acknowledge that that is a part of the reason why they chose seven to really delve into where she was when everything went down on Mars, where she is now, how she got there, what's her motivation, why isn't she working with Picard directly or and kind of but not really. And this and this also this kind of tension between them because they want their own separate ways and yet they're finding themselves on very similar paths. And I kept remembering something you said in a previous discussion about Picard, Will. You reminded me that Picard is flawed and that's what this show is really showing and illustrating to a T is how much of a flawed bastard he is. Yeah. Yeah, his act was no act. No, (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just him having so much fun being able to play that weird character. But yeah, it was totally that, and I really liked where they went with that, paralleling these two characters who at one point were fighting fighting side by side. (laughs) Now they just have have crossed paths and find themselves in an opportune time to restore that while while also judging each other there's a lot of judgment there too yeah and 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 also both of them in another line that really stuck out to me with picard and seven's interactions is they're you know they're they're both have been separated from the collective and 
It's because Picard, even though Seven was taken as a child and grew up as a Borg, uh, Picard was briefly uh, assimilated into Collective during the next generation. And the line that stuck out to me as far as when they talked about, you know, trying to reclaim their humanity and he's, you know, he's trying to, um, you know, I'm doing it every single day, you know, acknowledging the fact that he is still a broken man from his experiences from the Borg. And also, again, just, you know, as you point, reminded me of my, of our earlier conversations, how flawed he, he is and, and, and how, you know, he has his, his own sense of rightness and morality and, and how that's just incompatible in his new new federation that we are are in now versus what we saw during the next generation. Yeah, and there is even I'm I'm actually glad I watched the trailer for the next episode because they do a shot of Picard and quasi Borgish. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but it, it, it again, I, I, I have my fingers crossed that that episode is really going to land some of the punches that I still feel as if we're winding everything up for. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for that release of tension. But to your points, it does move the story forward in terms of Picard and w- w- the choices he's making to to almost repay this debt that he has towards data mm-hmm. and, and also to everyone else, because he made some decisions that, that affected a lot of people right when the Mars explosions began to happen. And right. we, we realized that along the way that there's a lot of regret. This is mm-hmm. a true redemption story for him. Yeah. And, and as well as uh, Ralphie, Ralphie, I didn't pick on a, pick up on it right when we met her this season but how all of these theories about the conspiracy and the Romulans being involved in the attack that led her to Mm self-destruction and to totally tear her away from her family and make her become an alcoholic and in this episode you see her try to come back to it now that she realizes hey I wasn't crazy right (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, to everyone else who's not on that ship with Picard, you still are. Yeah. Yeah. You you really the, like the the news hasn't broke. Like they have not found redemption and and so she she jumped too soon and and the kids are are very unforgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her son was he was he yeah, even though she was ready to you know, have some atonement for things that happened in the past, I mean, he was not having any of it. And, uh, but you know, but I think you're right. She she has built a family with this new crew, mm-hmm. but to basically you know basically become a, sub- a surrogate family for what she's lost because of of what happened and how broken she was and all the PTSD and other things from, from the fallout from the sense attacking Mars. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, Will, um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a present right now. Do you want to talk black lightning? Cause it was their season finale, right? 
No, not quite. It's it's getting it's building towards it. They they are. Really? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't their I, season finale. I listened to you. You told. You know. I what? was wrong. I was wrong. I thought I forgot their. I think their fifteen episodes this season. They took. They had some weird scheduling quirks. So I thought they were finishing up sooner, but they they still have a couple. I think at least one or two more episodes to go. So, so you have in your notes, Gravedigger is the alternate universe Captain America. Can you yeah. elaborate? Yeah. So, with Gravedigger, so this episode, a couple things were going on here. So, uh, so we had the rescue of Lynn from the Markovians in the prior episode, and we're back in Freeland. Uh, fallout from that is the Markovians have are surrounding Freeland. And um, and we learn more about um, Grave Digger as far as the and also the ASA. Uh, so if you recall from earlier seasons, um, remember the briefcase that Tobias, yep. Yep. yeah, yeah. So um, Lala came back and had obtained had gotten the briefcase. From from Tobias, and Lady Eve has been reanimated, and she's back. If you remember Lady Eve from the first season, and so she basically she she basically duped Lala into giving her the briefcase, and uh, and she and and Gamby both are former ASA agents, so they had a very intense scene where she goes to the, the Gamby shop, ready. And to and and they have it out as far as a discussion as far as the the briefcase and and their respective roles and actions and inactions as far as the ASA and Greenlight and everything else. So ultimately, she gives Gamby the briefcase, and, and Gamby uses TC, one of the outsiders, to open up the briefcase. And we find out that it has all the DNA and all the of the all the metas that the ASA and the Markovians have created. It's a complete database of every of all of them, and it leads into a backstory of Gravedigger, who was in the '40s prior was a, a African American soldier in the in the military, dealt with a lot of you know racism and other things, and um, ended up being selected for uh, a a program to to create a super soldier. In, in in the in the army, and so yeah, so he went through the whole super. super he was the very first meta, uh, basically the first stable meta that the U.S. government was able to create. No, that would be that would be the Flash Barry Allen. I don't know if you met him. No, no, that's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, so here's no yeah. that answers my question perfectly. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting how it always goes back to the government wanting super soldiers. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, but here's the other little wrinkle for, for, for Black Lightning. So he, yeah, so he becomes a super soldier. And it, it also, as far as I think this, it, it, this kind of messes up some of the, the Earth prompt, you know, the Earth one prior pre-crisis timeline, because I think it was in Legends or, or even Arrow where, um, you know there were no, you know there were no metas prior to, prior to this, but clearly now, you know we clearly see, at least on Earth Prime, you know, 
Gravedigger was the first meta. And uh, but the interesting thing now, fast forward to present day, so when Lynn was under the influence of the green light, and also under influence of of, of Grave Digger when she was briefly in Markovia, uh, she using Tobias's blood, who's also Tobias is also a stable meta. They created a serum to uh, uh, to to help create the stable you know create stable metas for the new meta army. And so, as part of that, I think when they they rescued her, Jen had discovered abilities to, and Lady Jace discovered abilities to be able to get other people's powers. Uh-huh. So, uh, at the end of the episode this week, after they had the whole exposition about from Gamby about how Gravedigger was created, uh, they go back to Markovia and he is injected with the serum and he's able to absorb other Meta's powers. So, of course, the preview for next week's Black Lightning is, you know, he's basically can, you know, temporarily absorb other people's abilities and uh, can, can, you know, obviously is going to use them against Jefferson. So that's sort of setting up for the setting up for the final few episodes of the season. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, all the only other thing I had to say about Black Lightning, it was a nice little family moment with the Pierce is all finally sitting down to dinner and they all they all have a nice moment of reconciliation good good um that that sounds like the black lightning show i used to watch yep Yep. (laughs) (laughs) uh which actually makes me think about the supergirl just aired their 100th episode which is was very weird for me to realize because it still feels like such a new show there's something about Supergirl where I just can't get over that it they are in its their fifth season. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know I was just thinking about that too is uh, that you know because it started out actually on a on the C, on CBS mm-hmm. at their first season and and of course was canceled there but given a new life at uh, on the CW and it's just amazing. You're right that they are already at. Five seasons, hundred episodes. It really is uh, something that uh, you know. Hats off to them for for making it that far. I actually, I'm okay with this episode. I will say that it's not good. It's not bad. It is what it is. It's a super life, very to the point, honest. It they they use that mechanism and that framework of if only I could change this, what would mm-hmm. our life be? To really go back, remember some of the crucial moments. And, and I will tell you, it was shocking how many, because because you know me, sometimes I'm like, who was that? What was that? Pretty much all of the characters, I was like, oh, yeah. I yeah. They should go back to that moment. And some of the moments that they even chose, I was like, yep, that's the moment where she did Lena wrong or could yep. have been missed opportunity. And I also... What she says to Lena at the end of the episode was a relief, I think, mm-hmm. for all of the viewers. Because Kara yes. truly learned her lesson through this whole thing. That, you know what, you you shouldn't have lied to her, no. And you own that. But at the end of the day, Lena is an adult and her reaction, she, she needs to get over it and move on. Or, or she will become that villain that she she never wanted to be. So, yep. 
she she she's an adult she has to own her actions moving forward and i really that was a really powerful moment and and I, and I, so so i'm almost i'm like yeah this was a 100 episode 100th episode of a season where you do the flashbacks you you try to progress stories you already have going on and i i also appreciate that this was just about that friendship because that's one of the through lines that they have had on this show since arguably the first season. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with you as far as what was what Kara said, and it, it felt for me as a viewer, it felt like all the all the things that everyone has been saying about Kara, Lena, and you know, it was like the writers and the producers are like all right fans we get it (laughs) yeah and we are going to finally once and for all put this issue to rest and and Kara's delivering that line at the end of the episode definitely definitely made that happen and you know now i'm actually like okay now since we've 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 established this i'm kind of looking forward to seeing how they they move forward storytelling wise with this new understanding between the two characters. Yeah. It, it really does make you wonder what, what Lena's next move is and where she's going to go now that she's basically been told it's, you know what? I made my decisions and now you're responsible for the decisions you make in response. So choose your own path, become a villain or remain my friend and continue striving to become a hero. So I like that. And I mean, you can't get get go wrong when you bring back Lockwood. Exactly, exactly. I was just about. I'm glad you brought that up. That was my. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. continues to be top tier baddie for me, which which is shocking considering the Flash episode we got this week. Will 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 will. Yeah. So I was spoiled by this episode. I, well, on Tuesday night, a lot of clips were dropping on YouTube, and I was on YouTube because I was trying to stay off Twitter, and some of the images and some of the clips, I didn't click on any of them, but I was like, oh, yep, yep, uh, Will was right, and blah, 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 so, but here's what I don't understand. I felt, I got the impression that this episode was really good and just a really interesting story for the flash i don't know where i'm going with that sentence but when i was watching it i was underwhelmed Mm. and especially by the ending especially by the (laughs) wait a second (laughs) really i mean with something that really bothers me about this episode they do not explain the beginning There, there is a very ominous beginning first five to two to five minutes on screen, very uh, bouquet of flowers yeah. and just looking down this path, this tunnel. And, and it was so ominous that I was waiting the entire episode for them to connect that dot and they mm-hmm. never did. And it's really bothering me because that is something that I don't think I've seen from the Flash before. They'll they'll run 
500 miles in multiple directions and kill zombies and become the walking dead, but they don't do setups without payoff, at -hmm. least from what I remember. You're a hundred percent right about that. And I guess the setup here and they carried it through some, you know, with the line with him, I think, so you know the first the first half of the season with Barry was the whole build up to two crisis and and dying and and everything. Now that we're in, po- in pre crisis, now that we're post crisis, I feel like every episode they're they're using some moments to have him deal with the loss of everything of the, of the familiar and. And I think this episode kind of captures that in some strange kind of way because he, he, because, you know, we have Camilla and Chester on comms. We have him looking for his parents' grave to, you know, put flower, refresh the flowers on, on their graves. And, you know, where it was before, now it's like, a, you know, I guess a tunnel or a freeway. And, and, and then the other scene of like, whenever he was chasing after, um, um, Hartley, who was great, was great seeing the Pied Piper back. Um, he, he was, you know, where it used to be a street. Now it was like a train, and he had to phase to keep from getting run over by the train. So I, I feel like so far this second half of the season is is Barry coming to grips with everything now that his life has changed, and of course on top of all that you have a, a Mirror Iris, who is who is is familiar but yet just different enough that he you know even went to you know he talked to joe in a prior episode about how he felt like their relationship was off mm-hmm. yeah so yep. i think so i think that's sort of the through line i'm i'm starting to see with with 6b is barry trying to reestablish himself after after crisis and 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 at least we're not getting. At least he's not doing stupid things as far as on the superhero side. He's, you know, he's still being competent at that job. But there's still other things in his life that's just so topsy turvy, and and he's just trying to figure out his place now uh, after after what happened. And it is maybe it's his own little version of PTSD from all this build up, and then now he's he's got to deal with it. Right. And meanwhile, it doesn't help for people, viewers like me, to really follow that uh, through line when we keep getting distracted by the side characters because mm-hmm. Chester came came to play in this episode out of nowhere. I almost yeah. got flash. I was like, what? Are, is this okay? And there's even a really pivotal moment in the episode where you understand this is all about second chances and he has some really good dialogue but because it was coming from i will say an ancillary character who i i don't i think this is the first time we've seen him all season uh second time second time okay second time we've seen him it just it still felt a bit forced where some some of the actors needed a vacation or something and so they brought in um the the uh the second string yeah the b team and and so here we are but we're going to continue forward and and i 
I'm with Barry on it. I kind of miss the good old days. And it just, where, where Caitlin and Cisco and yeah. when have we, have we had any like really good Cisco Barry moments lately? We haven't, we haven't. And, and, and I think I don't, you know, whether or not Carlos is leaving his show or not at this point, I really, I, I don't care. <laughs> He's so checked out. Yeah. I, I, I really don't care. Um, if he does, because honestly, so I agree with you. I when I first started watching the episode with Chunk, well, that's well, Chester. I mean, Chunk is the character. I mean, that's who he's based off of the comic book. Um, I I felt the same way, and I felt like Barry, but mm-hmm. at the same time, now I'm feeling like you know, it, it brought a different energy to the show this week, mm-hmm. and and I and actually it was a good energy. Even though I'm still kind of frustrated with how they basically now use Frost, and I know Danielle's pregnant, and they got to work around that as far as she can't really do as many action scenes and stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Frost, even prior to that, it seemed that Frost has become like the like the go back to Star Trek Picard and whatever our, our counsel Troy as far as the sounding board for everyone's emotional or. You know, issue of the day um, that people use they use her as a sounding board for stuff um, so you know so I think from you know, so, so it was great for her as an original team flash member to you know try to integrate this new team flash member into the fold because ultimately he may he may indeed replace Cisco and and at first I thought he was at first I was getting kind of Cisco light vibes. But then, like you said, when he and Frost had that very that very heart to heart conversation at the elevator as he was about to leave Star Labs, that's when the character really worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can see this. I can see how this this character, as we as we you know, because we've been around for six years, so we, we kind of do need some new blood. And I don't. And I feel like they've kind of tapped out as far as what they could do for Cisco's story. Oh, well, they've tapped out. He's tapped out. I'm yeah. tapped out. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because I do want to get to Batwoman yeah. um, for sure. But what are your closing thoughts on the whole he is coming cliffhanger we got regarding Eobard Thong? Um, expected. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks, you know, figuring out you know, with the various ghosts of wells past uh and you know I, I, at this point i guess I, i'm just kind of curious to see it especially given the upcoming episode where wally talks about something wrong with the speed force is this related to wells doing something um to, to impact the the positive speed force because i know we were introduced to the negative speed force last season and season five that they, they brought from the comic books or if if you know the issues with the speed force is dealing with something with black hole which also uh tracks from the comics but the well story of the thon you know i, I think at this point i'm just kind of curious to see how he manages to, to survive crisis I, th- I think it's has something to do with some kind of pocket dimension or dimension whether it's the speed force or something else but you know that's that's how he's back and how you know, basically Nash, why Nash is the one who is 
is having all these these visions is is it guilt is it you know is it some you know techno babble kind of frequency thing that you know basically you know, through nash thawne was able to survive crisis so you know they'll, they'll have some kind of techno babble way as far as explaining it to come back but you know I, I but given that barry is feeling all the the feelings of loss and or not loss but yeah, well, lost and and trying to find his place pre post crisis, uh, having a familiar villain like Fawn coming back will help maybe get him back into you know, into like okay, I gotta gotta get gotta get my, my mind right and um, deal with this new crisis with Fawn because at the end of the day, I mean, those two are always you know Flash and Reverse Flash are at the core of the you know the Superman Lex Luthor. The Batman Joker for you're killing me, Will. Yeah, so <laughs> come on, <laughs> you had yeah. one minute. Let's yeah. get we get it, we know who yeah. they are, we understand the parallels. Who cares? Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I, I get it's it is what it is. They yeah. they're always going to be in existence, um, on Earth Prime or whatever. And FYI, the Arrowverse writers don't care a lot about timelines. That's been made evident with everything that's happened since post-crisis. Yep. Uh, Batwoman. So, not a bad episode. Not a great episode. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate, though, that they are... You know, they needed to, they had such a a string of episodes that were building on top of each other and really bringing Kate and Alice to a head and the decision that Kate made in the previous episode, they had to resolve it. And Mm -hmm. I I thought it was a smart way with Nocturna, Mm -hmm. even though she's a throwaway villain of the week, she was still used in a way to continue um, to make each character, whether it's Kate, whether it's Alice, or whether it's Mary, mm-hmm. really understand all of the consequences of what was what happened last week, and and resolve their guilt and move forward based on on and say, you know, and I'm not sorry for doing what I did. You drove me to that point, and you are continuing to drive home that point. I mean, Alice really did put Mary in danger, and she will yeah. always look out for number one. Maybe Kate, even above her, we don't know. Maybe that'll be the true test um, come later on this season. But I, but I really, I this is a fine episode, and I I also continue to like what they're doing with Luke. He had mm-hmm. some some good banter and it's interesting i think i called it uh before crisis that eventually luke and uh, mary are gonna hook up and i still stand by that i think you're i think you're onto something there they were definitely definitely showing those vibes uh, this episode for sure oh now i remember so this episode i kid you not i wrote a quarter of the way through why does Mary still not know Kate is Batwoman? I, had, <laughs> I, th- I, was, I was watching and they made it very, I think the writers, and this is, again, hats off to them. I really like how they, they almost laid it overly thick 
Like, mm-hmm. are you serious, Mary? You, you haven't figured this out yet? Yeah. And you're pretty much a part of the crew? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you're, wait, you're okay that Beth basically came from another universe, and you don't think that, that there's any chance Kate is Batwoman? <laughs> yeah, he's just like right in front. Yeah, every, every episode is like right in front of you. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad that they did not drag this out. And, and as far as... Uh, her figuring it out because well, I mean this... it, they didn't even make it that big of a deal in the way where yeah she her not knowing did not drive everyone crazy it was only up until the last two to three episodes where I'm starting to get okay so when is Mary gonna be on the team when is she gonna be in the know what are they gonna do this stupid you lied to me for so long <laughs> which they yeah. could do we haven't seen next week's episode right right i yeah. don't think they will given the state of this writing so far but i think it was very clever to have that happen at the end of this episode because we we were all thinking it <laughs> yeah we we, we 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 all were and, and and i'm glad they did do it this episode because i mean how after with the whole blood draw earlier and finding the ketamine in there and stuff it's like if you don't figure it out now, then I'm 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 done. I'm leaving you because that that would have just been, you know, just just wrong to like just drag it out uh, just for dragging it out's sake. They, they don't make these characters dumb. They no. don't dumb it down. These that are was, three dimensional characters. They are very three dimensional characters, and that was one of the things I did like. Speaking of of not making these characters dumb, seeing Kate's growth as a detective. Because when she figured out uh, where Mary was was taken uh, by Nocturna, uh, as far as just you know looking at the way the ropes were tied and stuff um, in the in the episode, so those those are those are those nice touches that really that just really flashes these characters out. Not only as far as the three dimensions, but also just gives it makes them more believable as a superhero. Um, yeah. That 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 she is, um, as she comes comes into her own as far as Batwoman. But one one design flaw with the suit that I noticed that they they've made some subtle changes to the suit at the neckline, um, and I was like, man, that's a very vulnerable place for for, for Kate now, uh, where she's where she doesn't have any armor. So and, mm-hmm. and Nocturna took advantage of it this week. Um, I did not notice that. I, I don't pay attention to the fashion on the show, Will. Maybe uh, I I, you it's, can do that um, next I'm, week for us. Yeah. Get a little rundown on it. I'm sure you got some yeah. thoughts about Lucius's glow in the dark. I love the, Where can I get that tie? Where, where yeah. can I get that tie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Will's next Halloween costume, Lucius. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, it, again, solid episode. Very similar, arguably, um, speeches done at the end of both this episode and Supergirl. Um, And again, I I got more of a gut punch from from Supergirl because it was it was um, such a a climactic moment for that show and something that's been carrying on for multiple seasons. But in this episode, this is their first season. Yeah. And. And they are still able to take this relationship between these sisters, hone into it, 
come come up with believable ways where they get Kate gets her back up against like finds herself in a rock and a hard hard place, make choices and then have to deal with the consequences. And and you know what? This episode did not have their new villain, so maybe that's why I also like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too. There was that too. I mean, Mouse was Alice was looking for Mouse and 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 but the new villain was Doctor, um, you know, Cam- Mouse's, yeah, Campbell. I can't and uh, I can't remember his actual name, but right now, but uh, Mouse's dad. It, um, you know, he was a presence, and and, and also, I have a feeling that we'll, you know, we've been seeing these Kate and Alice team ups because of circumstances forcing them together. So. Um, but you know, but given you know, Alice's makeup, you know, she, you know, she's already feeling beat down and stuff emotionally from Kate's choice, and and you know, and, and we we see how dangerous Alice is when she when she feels emotionally wounded and vulnerable. So that uh, you know, I, I, that is another way I like the way they've deepened the the complicated relationship between the two characters and the other, other relationship that um, was really put on display this week was Kate. Well, Batwoman and Sophie's relationship, Um, especially given that she had to, you know, since, since the crow was back as far as um, Kate's father's back out of prison. So, and he was on to the fact that she's, you know, been helping Batwoman and, and I'm still not a hundred percent sure that Sophie realizes that's Kate under the under the cowl because if you recall they had the uh, switcheroo earlier in the season where they you know Sophie figured it out and then they you know used uh, a blanket yeah. on the yeah character's name so you know so. I'm still, I mean, I think Kate's, I mean, Sophie's in love with Batwoman. I don't know necessarily think she's falling in love with Kate. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go with that, but no, I, no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting it out over. there. No, no, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Just something to, to, to bookmark for a future, future conversations since they did kiss this week. Yeah, yeah, and that has been bookmarked. I forgot that scene. Um, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. You can find me at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>